It's always soccer in Philadelphia, even when... It's always basketball. It's always basketball <laughs> in Philadelphia for me. We're changing the podcast. Sorry, guys. It's a Sixers podcast now. Yeah, we're going to talk about <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers as they head in the round, too. Now, listen, in, in, on, on a serious note here, it, it, is, it remains always soccer in Philadelphia, even when... Most of the time, soccer in Philadelphia. Most, it's most of the time soccer in Philadelphia. Even when the Philadelphia Union can't yeah, the score a goal in the back. Scoring a goal is kind of important in soccer, and the Union aren't good at making goals. Kevin Kincaid alongside <laughs> Dave Zeitlin. Baxter is uh, looking, out looking out the front window. There's construction going on. It's uh, kind, of a, like, kind of a crappy day in Fishtown, but the construction workers are out there anyway, um, which segues us uh, into our discussion of your town, your team, your Philadelphia Union, who... Uh, are not playing well at all right now. And uh, you know what, Dave? I didn't want to <laughs> do like, you know, the tone of the podcast, uh, we did, we took a break at the end of last uh, season, right? We didn't do like anything for like two months, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I had like kind of like new responsibilities or whatever. And we're sitting here saying like, what the hell really is there else to say about this season, right? Kind of just wanted to wait until they made the big signing, right? Um, so here we are on April 25th, six games into the season, and I feel like it's just, you know, the only things to talk about are negative yeah. things. It's a, bad, already, you know? it's a bad combination for both of us. You have your stuff. I have my stuff. We're trying to come up with new angles. I'm trying to, to write good stories for The Athletic and the other places, but it's kind of the same old, same old uh, you know, I was just down there today with Curtin. You talked about the urgency of the game. Is it a must win? I mean... It's a tough conference. Uh, they're playing D.C. in the battle of 22 versus 23 in, in the power ranking. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, tough times for fans. I, I do kind of feel badly for them. And you, you know this better than anyone. The, the, uh, uh, like right now with the Eagles and Villanova and the Sixers with the great like, moment right now, the Union just seemed to be really losing relevance even more than they were, if that's possible. And I mean, just how for you going from the Union to the Sixers and seeing the atmosphere last night was that has that been pretty jarring at times? Or <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think I had always seen it, um, you know, working at Channel Three, even while I was doing the Union stuff at the same time. Like I would, you know, edit Eagles highlights and you know Phillies highlights when they were good and stuff like that, and so you could see the juxtaposition between you know a good team and a bad team or whatever. But uh, being in the arena <laughs> that's rocking in a f- game five closeout playoff game, Meek Mills out of jail, <laughs> Jeffrey Lurie sitting next to him, Kevin Hart sitting next dancing. to him. Uh, yeah, I mean, and they're this team, this city's going crazy for the Sixers and the Eagles. Just won the Super Bowl and the Flyers. Or, uh, they were in the playoffs or whatever. And the the Phillies are actually pretty damn good this year. So I know I sound like a broken. And the Union record. don't have that. Uh, uh, like I'm Meek Mill coming to games, you don't think? Or <laughs> no, Meek Mill. Meek Mill was about two minutes away yeah, he, from he town, and he, he, of course, he, yeah. So he maybe stop by could. the power training complex on the way. Yeah, right. After getting out of prison, right. the uh, the release <laughs> the release of Meek Mill um, from prison was the most exciting thing to happen on the Chester, Chester. waterfront. <laughs> Since that time, I won uh, three blackjack hands at the <laughs> casino there. That's not true. I've never actually been to that casino. But like, I don't, I, I, um, you know, and I hate like, I, you know, again, this is what I just said. We started the podcast. Like, I don't, I don't want to be like negative, like Kincaid and just like focusing on all this like sorry shit all the time. But, but what 
what is it otherwise right, here's something i'll say that's a that's a positive i i used to cover sixers games for the ap like two three years ago and i would come from um, union games and the atmosphere at uh, at um, union games was much better out mm-hmm. i would always tell people that they had more fans there mm-hmm. the sixers were bad back then it was just a dead atmosphere uh very bad games back then um so i mean i'm not saying the union will ever get to the point where they're the talk of the country, Meek Mill's there, but things can change when you win. And the atmosphere at the stadium that the Union have is still can be really good. Yeah. Um, it hasn't been great so far this year. Um, they haven't won. They haven't scored. But um, they're never going to get to the same point as some of the other hot Philly teams. But, I mean, winning does kind of change a lot. It, uh, it does. And I think, like, is not is that not still the number one, like, macro-level goal for this franchise to, to have relevance, you know, in your own market? Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to say that they would get some kind of respect uh, nationally among, like, MLS crowds, but they're still not, you know, important in this, this market right. at all. And that's the most difficult thing because, like, we said this before on the podcast, but I, I get the sense that, like, you know, you don't even really have fan anger anymore. You know, it's yeah. that it's that that dead zone where it's just apathy. Yeah. Um, and they and joke that doesn't about help anything. And they joke nothing... about the team on Twitter, which is can be dangerous too. Like they're all mm-hmm. like, "Oh, sorry for us. I woe is me," which is understandable for the fans, but yeah. it's not something that's. Uh... So, I mean, so all right, where do where do we even want to start? So <laughs> DC. So all right, look, they're one. They have one win. Should we talk about soccer stuff? Two oh, draws okay. and three. Well, I, I mean, where do you want to go with it? If if they listen, well, we said let's go back to what we said at the beginning of the season. Um, they played four of their first five at home, and we looked at the middle part of the schedule. Didn't I say they'd go like four and one? I, I, I <laughs> it, it might be hopes. written down on this notepad. Yeah, I, I, uh, looking at the enough. schedule and teams yeah. that are playing, you know, New England, San Jose, Colorado, not the exactly like um juggernauts of the league i thought a good start was definitely impossible and uh i was wrong uh we could talk about why chemistry in the attack seems to be a big problem unluckiness if you want to get into that gym kind of touched on they're not catching it any breaks which is not something you really want to hear from your coach but it does it does make sense at the same time well look i'll let me let me start with something that i um that i threw up actually last week while i was like four beers in on the couch watching the game from home that's um, the best way to watch Union games. Yeah, well, it's the only way now. Uh, <laughs> I did, I pulled like a like a triple. I had like a uh, I did the, had they, the Sixers game in the afternoon on Saturday. Then I watched a Union game from like eight to ten, and I flipped on the uh, UFC uh, fight night down wow. in Atlantic City. But I got my I got the flower bed out. So well, not the flower bed. I got the tree bed done out front, as you can as uh, I think you and Baxter can see, but nobody else can see because it's a <laughs> podcast. I I can't see it either. Baxter can. Here's the Union front six. Okay. Oh, God. The striker scored 16 goals last year. He's a U.S. international. The left winger scored 14 goals last year, 10 caps for Ghana. The number 10 is a DP Czech international. The right winger scored seven goals last year, has a cap by the United States. Uh, your number eight is the captain and the highest paid player, like 50-plus caps for the United States. Uh, and your number six is a World Cup veteran and a Bosnia international who just retired after, what, 50 or 60 international appearances. So and I, the back I, four is all teenagers who, who can't even drink the <laughs> – same kind of beers you were drinking <laughs> yeah. watching them. So it's easy for me to watch these games and say, okay, Mark McKenzie's going to make a mistake. Austin Trusty's going to make a mistake. Well, two in that game. Uh, Jack Elliott will make a mistake here and then. But when that front six can't do anything or can't inspire any confidence, what do you expect from those young guys in right. the back? You know, the, yeah. the, the mistakes are going to happen, but if you can't give them anything out of that, it's utterly pathetic. Yeah. Um, the body language is, is shit. 
Ali looks, Bedoya has shown visible frustration. It looks bad several times. It looks really bad. And whether or not his frustration is warranted or not, you're the captain, man. You're wearing the armband. You got to, you know, corral these guys and pull them together and say, "This is what you where you have to be. This is what it's going to be." Uh, some of the frustration he's shown with the back line, but also you see them throw their arms up too when Akam is blowing shots. CJ, I think, has missed four sitters. Uh, so far this year, he had at least two in the first game, and then the last game, he had the free header that he couldn't steer on, like on target or put any kind of power on. Uh, and then he had the one where uh, Pico hit the half volley out of the air, and then he he had a two footer that he hit right into the outstretched hand. Literally, the only place that the goalkeeper could put his hand was where um, CJ tried to get hit that one time. So uh, Doge Call looks like he doesn't fit i don't really know what his skill set is supposed to be he, he looks like he hasn't inspired any sort of confidence that he's an elite playmaker and i go back to like ernie on this one he's had several chances to find a, a number 10 a guy who who can make a difference and you see it all around the league there are mm-hmm. these guys who just pull the strings for their team and he he got roland alberg he got boric uh Doshkal, and it's i mean it, I'd point the finger more at him for some of the attacking signings. I mean, Jay Simpson, you, yeah. you look at that. I mean, but, uh, but I don't, I don't know. Do, let me, let me ask you this. Do you really think like after everything I just read to you on there, all six of these guys have inter- international experience. Like, can we really say at this point that Jim doesn't have enough no. talent to work he, with? He said today he has the horses. He thinks, of course he's going to say that, but I'm in town. Well, asked him. He said, yes, I have the horses. I mean, I know they're good players. I mean, CJ's proven it. A comms proven it. Uh, Bedoya Harris at the international level. Um, I think they do have the players. You do have to blame Jim for some things. I just think uh, just looking at the elite kind of difference makers that that the union just haven't been able to bring in throughout their history, really. I mean, they've had a few decent on number 10s, but uh, they're not... Like, I think Grant Wall said in, in the ambition rankings that mm-hmm. the union dropped from 16 to 20, even though they're spending more on players. They have the three mm-hmm. highest players, highest paid players in club history in Akam, Bedoya, and uh, Borak. But are, are those guys really yeah. inspiring much in terms of uh, fan excitement or in terms of... But that doesn't really mean, or, yeah, and that doesn't really mean anything anyway, because that scale is always going to slide. Like right. uh, eventually, right. as salaries keep going yeah. up, and the you union, have, yeah. the union do have more ambition now than they had a few years ago. Mm-hmm. You see it with spending more money on players, more money on staff, uh, scouting. The uh, YSC thing is finally bearing fruit with the teenagers, but other teams are also showing more ambition, which is why the union are dropping. So I, I'd say they have more ambition, but less um, relevance. Well. I mean, I don't. I don't even know where to where to go. I mean, there's just like a million different. Sorry, things. you I, could I'm, say. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going big topics here. No, you're trying to like, I like just keep things in perspective. Yeah, here. yeah, I get it. But like, there's like so many layers. Like, first of all, the kids. Like, again, if you're putting the kids in an environment, the play your kids thing. First of all, when people say play your kids, like that serves the U.S. national team. Sure, like you want like young American prospects to get minutes, but do you think like. You know, it, Jim Curtin, that's a secondary thing to them. Like, the goal of this team is to win games and be relevant in your own market and to make the playoffs. And right. if you have to put 11 foreigners on the field to do it, that's what people would do. Like, play your kids is like a auxiliary whatever kind of thing that doesn't even necessarily directly benefit the Philadelphia Union. Yeah. Like, if the Union win five games in a row um, – with Ilsenio in there and Fabinho and Richie Marquez and Josh Yarrow, does anybody give a shit about 
does anybody I mean, say, I, well, where's Fontana and where's McKenzie I, and where's Trust? Yeah. Like that that stuff. There's two different. Those are two different paths there, and that's like a narrative that's been beat to death by a lot of the MLS um, personalities, just because it's kind of like trendy in the wake of the World Cup failure to say we need to develop like the next like crop of talent but it's not always the goal for an MLS team like there's there's nothing in an MLS boardroom that says we need to develop national yeah. team players well I think what they I mean I, I push back on that slightly I mean I think they like the idea of having these guys in their control since they were nine where they could learn the system learn the formation mm-hmm. be a part of it I mean and now you have trusty mckenzie and matthew real coming in and they played together they went to the u16 semifinals national semifinals so uh-huh. they know each other so i mean i i think it means a little more when you have these guys i think it's a cooler thing first of all to have more guys from philly it kind of cements you more in in, in the local mart place yeah and i do think it's beneficial for the team too um the, the one part that's interesting this season is why they have it so much on uh, defense, right? And that's cool. I mean, Trusty mm-hmm. is a good defender, but like you said, these guys are going to make mistakes. When you have an attacking player who's a teenager, like a Fontana, he's, he scores a goal in the first game. There's kind of more you could you can kind of build off that. Uh, throwing these teenagers all together in the back line while having the the like, the like attack that's all um, like um, veterans, it's mm-hmm. kind of a weird mix. It, it's almost like you're going halfway you're not fully committing yeah. and now it yeah. kind of puts the teenagers in the back line in a, in, in a tough spot. So well, I that's think what that's... we were saying. Like you can, yeah, you can't fill a field up with homegrown players, but just to play, I don't even know if I necessarily believe this, but just to play devil's advocate to that opinion, like the local thing, it's a cool story for us. You know, it's nice to write those kinds of things. Austin trustee grew up watching the union when he was 11 years old or whatever, but Look at the Sixers, for example, okay? There's not a single fucking person on that team who's anywhere remotely close to Philadelphia. You know, Dario Sarge is from Croatia. Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid is from Cameroon. Simmons is from Australia. You've got an Italian, two Turkish guys on the team, a kid from Pittsburgh, and uh, wherever Covington's from. So, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, does any of that matter? Like, Nick Foles is from Texas. Carson mm-hmm. Wentz is from North Dakota. Like, is is the local thing just you know semantics at the end of the day to make us feel good about like to make a provincial city feel even better about it like i i don't i'm i'm i've gravitated to hashtag play whatever the hell 11 wins you games you know <laughs> because i don't think like and i think when jim curtin and Ernie stewart were coming out and saying last year that they want to be a team that develops you know players for the national team it almost seemed to me like that was like an exit like that was a way out because they knew that they just didn't have the resources from Jay Sugarman to be competitive otherwise. So if you can't do that, and if you can't be successful with that, maybe you win some hearts and minds by sending like a CJ to the national team or sending like a Anthony Fontana up or something like that. You know, Derek Jones, whatever, him playing in the U-20, whatever the hell it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's just no, like, yeah, the philosophies I, are just... I don't. I mean, like we could disagree slightly on this. I mean, I I like the story as you mentioned as a journalist uh, perspective, talking to these kids. I mean, Matthew Real talking to his dad <laughs> was was fun for for a feature I wrote for the Athletic. Check it out if you haven't. Um, but uh, I mean, I I don't know. Like the the union could just get foreign guys, but the the signings that they make, they're they're these guys are here for like two years at a time for mm. the most part. Like Barnetta, and so theoretically just, there would be like longevity just seems too. Like if you it, could and have. it just seems like it means more to these guys. You, you start them when they're eighteen; they could mm-hmm. spend a decade here. Um, it, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I really do believe that if they continue 
to do this high school thing and they bring guys in when they're 18 19 and they grow with the steel and, and they play with the union mm-hmm. they're gonna have something special in terms of chemistry um the fans could like it more some like you might not um i i just think it is a good way to build something for, for the long term rather than just plucking these guys for like one or two like years at a time yeah. and going through that whole like right merry-go-round but when of have just the, re- yeah like when have the union never gotten someone from overseas who's who's been here more than like two and a half years i mean it's just like yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, and even like Sebastian had been playing in the United States for a while before that. But but like, listen, here's the thing. Like we've seen one of the reasons why we're saying they had to get off to a hot start is because we've seen this this movie 15 times in a row. They have a shitty start to the season. They eventually they kind hot of circle and, around yeah. in like May, June, and they'll beat yeah. the cr- some like team. Some team will come into Talon Energy Stadium with half their roster. They won't take the Union seriously, and they'll beat like the Galaxy like three nothing without Ibrahimovic or something, right? And then they'll do enough to kind of stay head above water and they'll be like seventh or maybe get up to sixth or fall back down to eighth. And then it's going to give people a little bit of belief in the summer. But because they put themselves behind the eight ball in the spring, they're going to fall apart when the cream rises to the top. And when Toronto starts coming around after the CCL, um, so you know, like New York starts pushing again, and they're gonna just get squeezed out by the better right. teams, like they always do. That's why it was important for them to get off to a hot start because they're already playing from behind through the easiest part of their schedule. Right. They've so, already played the easy. They played four out of their seventeen uh, home games already. So then, wouldn't you rather play your kids at this point? I mean, best case, if they play all their veterans. They could maybe sneak in the sixth spot and lose in the first round in the playoffs. I mean, the Eastern Conference is that good. They're not getting higher than, like, six probably. So, yeah. I mean, would, wouldn't you rather try to, like, do what the Sixers did, trust the process, re- <laughs> kind of rebuild, give the give the kids time to, to grow yeah. together? and then uh, you, I mean, you could theoretically, <laughs> but, like, the mechanics aren't the same. You know, it's not know. like, you know, gar- that guarantees you, like, uh, you know, Ben Simmons in the draft or whatever. The right. hell. But let me just – I wanted to steal this from uh, from Union Reddit, actually, real quick. Uh, some guy compiled all of the away records for all three coaches from the team. This is Jim Curtin's away record. Nine wins, 34 losses, 17 draws, 0.72 points per game, 62 goals scored, 108 allowed, a negative 46 goal differential on the road over the last four whatever years it is. John Hackworth, nine wins, 18 losses, 10 draws, uh, a PPG of one flat, 43 goals, 59 against, a negative 16. That's not bad. And Novak was in between. Um, I didn't write them down, but they were in between. So I was actually just talking they about they can't do shit on the road. They they yeah. never have been able to do anything on the road. So that's what I'm saying. Like where 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 do you make up these points that they've already dropped? Like it's not coming at nah, nah. LAFC. It's not coming at Portland. It's not coming at uh or Orlando or Montreal. Right. Right. I was actually just talking about the uh, the uh, previous coaches with the with um, Matt DeGeorge and we were kind of saying Hackworth maybe got it they have raw deal when you like go back and look at it because he had one full season 2013 and they were pretty decent that year in 2013 they didn't make the playoffs but they started like a lot of uh younger players who yeah, who did pretty well and well, he, I'm, yeah I remember that 2013 yeah, year, yeah. you know they went out to Colorado it was in all week kids two, and yeah. they won two yeah. to one with like a Moby and Jack yeah and Jack and a Moby were the, were the best players 2014 Hack is the GM and the coach brought in some pretty good players Maidana yeah. Noguera Moadu and 2012 after like replacing Novak he did pretty well I mean I know there are problems with Hackworth and this is a whole nother podcast probably mm-hmm. but when you look at the leash Jim Curtin has and the record he has compared to John Hackworth like wait a minute Hackworth wasn't here that long and he, well, didn't, he, he didn't do that bad so let's talk about that because it's a question we get more than anything it's like I think it popped up in some of the questions that people ask us yeah. but what would it so 
So, I mean, Ernie comes in in 2016. They want to build something. They're committed to Jim. So, right, we look at that. Say say 2016 is year number one. We'll just pretend like 2016 is year number one of this franchise, okay? Right. They sneak. They back into the playoffs when they probably shouldn't have. Uh, 2017, they're horrible. This year, what? Like it's, so, are we similar like, 2017 so far? It's just year? what is what is Ernie? Does Ernie did Ernie come into this with like a plan B? I it's I mean we've talked to Ernie. He says the best things about Jim, and it seems sincere. He like he works with them closely. They have this long term plan. He loves the way Jim works with the players in practice. He loves the way Jim thinks. So, I mean Ernie, we know is patient to a fault, perhaps. So he doesn't want to fire Jim just for the sake of firing Jim and he might not look at the wins and losses as much as another GM will at this point I mean if there's a change it's gonna have to be uh, Jay Sugarman maybe just getting rid of Ernie so, <laughs> and Jimmo at the same time I, like, I, I, don't, I, I, just I can't don't, see Ernie getting rid of Jim I like you know here's the thing it's like you can say that you don't want change for the sake of change because it doesn't do anything and Ernie says you know that's it creates instability overseas and you have promotion and relegation which forces moves that you don't want to do like you don't want the Philadelphia Union to just blow it up and bring in Sam Allardyce just to save you from the drop, right? Okay, so you don't have to worry about that. But the other half of it is because you don't have the threat of relegation. Then you're sitting here, like, scratching your butt saying, all right, well, what what are we doing then, you know? I mean, if, they, if, if they're trying to sit here and tell people this is a four-year plan or a five-year plan, I don't even know what kind of plan it is I, anymore. I think Jim know? might think he has a long-term plan and he's not in risk of getting fired i mean why else would he be starting teenagers because there was a time a couple years back when is that the long-term plan well, to like I, I start know. a bunch of i'm teenagers saying he knows it's risky and he's, he's doing it so he he might not be doing it if he knew that the next loss could lead to being fired i, I remember there's a time i think when he left pedro ribeiro available in the expansion draft and this mm -hmm. was back when people thought for Fabinho. he was really good Ribeiro yeah. and Jim yeah. had a quote that was something like why should I look at his long-term potential when I might be fired in the next year mm -hmm. or two because mm -hmm. back then I guess he had less uh it was uh Ernie wasn't here right so I mean I think maybe it's helpful in that way where Jim doesn't have to look entirely or be fearful of getting fired after every bad game at the same time i mean they've they've been talking about the future for a while and, and fans are you know getting, it's like it's getting a sick future, of it yeah i mean it's like a future that's never going to come you know and i don't see i really don't see anything that jim is doing differently no. it's the same formation it's the same behavior on the sidelines you know, he's not very demonstrative at all i'm not down to practice anymore so i don't know who's running the sessions because sorber used to do that uh, is Jim like still standing he's, off to the side he's, and like he's observing? Still in there as much. I don't, yeah. Um, who's who's run? Who's in the middle with the whistle? Is oh, it Noonan? It's a tough question. Yeah, I, I think it usually is. Him, okay, yeah. so Noonan's running like the actual exercises in the training while Jim just sort of observes. You're putting me the in the spot. I don't I'm know. not. Yeah. All you got to do is look over at the field and see what the hell. I don't look at the field. Oh my god! Do I have to get down there? We miss you over there. Jesus. Do I? Don't make me go back down there and they want you to see them. Reclaim my territory here. I just don't – here's the thing. Like, wh where is the accountability on this team? Like, Jim Curtin obviously has no accountability. Yeah. Ernie Stewart obviously has no accountability. I Jay think, Sugarman has no accountability. Yeah, who well, takes Jay, who well, there's takes no one who could fire Jay, but I mean – So who takes responsibility for all the losing, all the mediocrity? Yeah, they – I mean, honestly, if Jay Sugarman, the next time Ernie and Jim talk to Jay, they're probably going to point to all these other factors besides wins and losses. They're going to say, look at what's improved here in the practice facility and the scouting department and our analytics and our data. And that that's what they'd point to. And it's 
I don't want to be again, man. This is the theme of the podcast. Like, I don't want to be that dude. Like, I really don't. Like, the glass half full, you would say they've only played six games or whatever. They could have plenty of time to turn it around, but the glass half empty says, "I've seen this shit before." Yeah. See, I saw it last year. I saw it the year before. Well, the year before is actually kind of opposite, but they still bombed out when it mattered. Saw it in 2015. So, like, what is there? If you're a fan, it's coming. Like, the Sixers your... only won 10 games a couple years ago. Trusty the process. No. How come you don't trust no, the process? Sam Hinkie had a plan. I think the union have a plan. You what could, is you the could plan? Argue, to uh, bring in a bunch of cheap kids? It's not a homegrown's part of it. Yeah. Okay, so what is the other half of the plan? <laughs> like fumble around for a bunch of dudes who don't work together, play them in a formation I mean, that I doesn't think, work, I play your they're... highest paid player as a glue guy. Like, what are they trying? I mean, to yeah, do? you don't agree with a lot of it. I think the plan. <laughs> <there's>... <laughs> Damn right. Yeah, I mean, I mean part of it is. I mean, they do have the formation plan. I think they want speed on the wings. We, we've talked about that. That there are certain things that they like, and um, I could really get into the weeds. Yeah, that's all a the tactical. Shit, I take questions. I don't, I don't know. Okay, well, let me, here. Let me just run it. I just real <laughs> quick. Right, I had a couple notes questions. written down here. Then we'll do questions. Um, the Orlando loss, uh, some shit defensive stuff there. First of all, Real got called off by keeping um, uh, keeping Dwyer on uh, on side there. That was just a breakdown with a young guy not stepping up on the line, right? I jinxed but also him with nobody... that feature that came out that day. Oh yeah, so the curse of the, that's my yeah, fault. the the curse of Dave Zeitlin feature kills players. I think Bedoya or somebody probably should have closed down question on that goal, but. Um, and then the Elliot giving up the second goal where the guy's just kind of running at him and like Real is trailing him from behind and he just tries to possess the ball. Uh, that's terrible. When you when you like dude, when you're a center back, like especially like playing in Casa League, like when you're not a lot of adult leagues you play in the city or in this area, you're not allowed to slide tackle because they try to like keep people from injuring each other and they just want to keep it safe and nothing crazy, right? So you can't slide. So any tackle that you have is a standing tackle. Like if I saw that opportunity game with a loose ball and a guy coming at me, my eyes would get so huge. That I would just like, I would lay into the dude, standing tackle, body him up, put yourself between the ball, the player, and the goal. And even if you whack the ball off of him, it's going to bounce back to Andre yeah. Blake anyway. But he went into that challenge so soft that I don't even know what the fuck he was doing. Um, Austin Trusty with the pen, the penalty. Okay, yeah, I mean he, he he grabbed the guy from behind. Obviously, you can't do it. It's right in front of the ref. It's right in the middle. Versus um, Dallas, yeah, Jim was not a fan of that. But the the soft. biggest, well, whatever. I mean, the the biggest, the most egregious thing he did was not sliding to prevent that second goal. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing on that second goal with the tight angle when he was sort of jogging back and he just watched it go in the net. Like, get down on your ass and slide and keep <laughs> the ball out. Like, what is that's not a youth thing. Like, if that is like an inherently drilled into your head that anybody who has any ounce of like competitiveness in their blood would slide to fucking keep that ball out. Like as a like as a a shitty like weekend adult league center back, I was so offended <laughs> by seeing that because that's a play that I would see made in like like 13-year-old games when I was yeah. reffing. So you, why isn't a pro doing it? You hate the kids on the union. I just like, like I I, I'm critical of that because I don't think that's something that's like should even need to be taught. That's an uh, that's an effort play. That's a hustle play. Blame, I don't know if he didn't know where he was or whatever the hell he was doing. Um, blame Tommy Wilson. Dallas uh, Dallas couldn't finish it all. I mean, that game should have been like one or two to nothing in the first half. Um, yeah. A common peacock, they can't finish for whatever. And they're CJ. kind of redundant. CJ missed CJ the can't wide finish. open goal. Look, just a quick Jimmy ta Mara tactical thing real quick here. A common peacock are like the same guy on the flanks, right? It's kind yeah. of redundant. They're both kind of speedsters who get kind of boxed up and they can't really do anything. Which is what they um, wanted coming into the season. Yeah, is he biting? He's not biting that. Baxter. He's not okay. Nah, as long as there's sounds still that. coming out of the thing, okay. He might have been scratching himself. Just leave those wires alone, buddy. All right. Um, he can't, <laughs> like he can't understand down, English. Yeah. 
He's like laying down on the ground. Oh, um, Doug. You uh, like when you have to look. The easiest thing is like when you have Ray Gaddis playing left back, and as as well as Ray does it, it, it being a de- defender on that side of the ball. Like when you have David Akam in space on the left, you can just double him with your fullback and your midfielder because Ray Gaddis is no threat to run around him and peel a guy off of him and hit a cross in with his left foot. Keegan Rosenberry might be able to do it on the right side, but a lot of the times these guys are just running in and getting boxed in and getting two v one. You know, a lot of this, the flank play, the wide build-up play, it's like pick and roll in basketball. We're just playing a two-man game. And the union aren't showing a lot of patience when they get into those areas. And they're just trying to, you know, Akam's trying to run into four guys or Pico's trying to burn some guy to the end line. They don't really involve the fullbacks. They're not being patient there. Um, the only other thing that I had written down here was um, – Oh, the dump truck shit. The, the dump truck thing. <laughs> you wrote that down? <laughs> well, I, trash I'm truck. sure it would come up in the questions. I didn't even like make a, a joke. It was like low-hanging fruit. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to. So uh, they just said, what was the thing? It was a uh, promotion. Like a promotion running? with the company to, I guess, for kids to go into a truck, which is cool for like a fire truck. I don't know how much kids want to go into a trash they wanted, truck. So they wanted, so the, the thing think, was that you could climb into yeah, a trash maybe? truck and get your picture taken? And then like tweet about it with the name of the company. It's a weird sponsor, but... <sighs> But I guess if you're a company looking for a team, if you're a trash company looking for a team in Philly, well, you go to the union <laughs> first. And I like, you know, I'm, I've always been kind of defensive of like the front office and like the adversity they face when they're trying to market yeah. a team. They're trying to sell a team. They're trying to sell sponsorships and try to do anything they can well, when the product on the field yeah. is just diabolical shit. The and, best uh, thing they like did. Like the tattoo officer. They got all the crap yeah. for the tattoo officer, but he had like stories about the Philadelphia Union like on I mean, BBC guys or still have to do their job. And the best thing last year that they did was the uh, Fresh Prince spoof, which was right <laughs> at the end of the losing streak, right? Yeah, and yeah. and well, they did that. And everyone's like, oh, just win a game. I'm like, this is actually good. And then they, and then they won after that. So. Well, I guess there's a thing with being like, I mean, the fans are going to say you're tone deaf no matter what, but I, like in this case, yeah, the like trash. when your team is shit, you're putting a garbage truck on the front. Okay. That's a, yeah. That's All right, you want to do questions? questions yeah, 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 this is a sad podcast, man. I don't. Kevin hates the union now. I'm just trying to keep, see this thing. I want to wrap this up before I completely go off the rails and just get like, you know, <laughs> that's what could right. be the name of this uh, podcast. I don't want to be that dude. That's All what right, tell Mike, you. does Ernie care about winning? That's a pretty good first question based on what we're talking about. No, I mean, no, of course, no. I mean, of course he does. No, what's what is what does he what has he ever said or done that shows that he cares about winning? I mean, he said he would care. He cares about winning. If he's interviewing not, for the U- always... for the U.S. job, like this is just it's like a whatever for him. You know, yeah. you don't think he? You, I'm sure he came here and said, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. Like, <laughs> whatever, you know. Yeah. He's not as urgent as maybe some other people. Are you be. reading from your? Because we yeah, did two I'm reading separate from mine from okay. the bottom. You uh, do yours. Uh, Richard McGovern, why should I bother anymore? Hashtag ask Baxter. Baxter, uh, what Baxter. do you say? Hang on, let's ask him. No. He's not ready for Brian. Yeah, Bob. he didn't say anything. He's, he's just licking the remote. Yeah. It's amateur hour. <laughs> Baxter, can <laughs> you make some sound for the podcast? The microwave. Speak. Speak. Maybe I can get him to bark. We could do this sometimes for next ten minutes, so you guys. What? <laughs> like sometimes he'll bark back at me, Baxter. He's just about to kiss him. This is very cute. <laughs> I wish you guys could see this. <laughs> okay, he does that thing. Like, does your dog when like a fire engine goes by or like an ambulance or something? Does uh, does she howl? She howls. Does she put her head up and ha- yeah. my dog howls along with sirens. It's the greatest thing. He'll do that, but like he doesn't. Bu- he doesn't bark. Like he doesn't. Like, I guess I'm. Not, that's not really a complaint, right, buddy? 
All right. Okay, anyway. Mike, at what point in the season should the Union go full-on rebuild? How long can they keep up the facade that they can grab a playoff spot and go on a run? We kind of talked about that before. I mean, it's Well, just, what is the rebuild? I like, mean, like, just cut everybody? Give, or, like, <laughs> give Fontana more time, give Burke more time. Yeah, there's not much they could do. You trade, like, CJ for, like, a first-round draft pick? Like, what, that's the problem right. is that there's so many roster-building mechanics that you can't tank. They can't. Yeah. I mean, there's no point tanking for the draft. They could play more. They could play like Jones and Fontana more, which is something they probably should. Well, do I anyway. think Derek Jones should be on the field. Where the hell is he? He had a nice goal for Bethlehem. Yeah, why I mean, is he? Why is Jim he like said, not Jim even... won't take out Harris or Bedoya. He, he won't listen to you and play Bedoya on the wing. Well, so. <laughs> Enrico from the 700 level, do you, do you get your picture taken in the trash holding portion of the truck or or what? <laughs> You get to you like you He's you get to sit you get to sit in the part that like pu- what happens is uh, you get to you buckle yourself into the part that lifts the trash can over top of the is dumpster and it and it lifts you up like you're on a uh, like yeah. a carnival ride. It is weird because my kids like like looking at the trash trucks, but I've never thought like oh let's go inside one. It's just like what or like you know who you know who might be interested in getting their picture with the um with the garbage truck. Uh, certain uh, quote unquote journalists who wanted to be a, a garage man back uh, in the day. Okay. Remember that? Is it, are we doing inside <laughs> jokes? <laughs> Send me a direct message if you want to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Troy We're Kirk. not going to out anybody as an imposter on the podcast. Troy Kirk, have the union discussed going green and using a uh, recycling truck in future promotions? We, we have a lot of truck questions. <laughs> <laughs> they should. They should do recycling trucks. Have you this seen is that, your, have you this, seen that the... this meme? Jay Sugarman, trash collector from Mike. I actually found oh that photo God. of him in, in his hard hat, <laughs> and I sent it to someone, and he, he used it. So it's pretty, it's pretty funny. This pod, this podcast really does belong to the fans with the with the trash truck. Uh, Another trash truck, and fear and loathing in Chester. Will the trash truck tweet be the highlight of the season for uh, Union fans? <laughs> Hopefully not. But <laughs> oh. okay. Fighting says, "How can you guys sit through curtains BS each and every week? Much worse than Andy Reid times yours." I mean, it's the it's the hard job, and Curtin is. I mean, we we still like Jim. He's, he he he's authentic. He's yeah. he's nice to talk to after. We were talking about his um wedding today. His uh, uh Dave Sarakin was there at uh, Talon, and he said he was invited to uh, Jim's wedding back in two thousand four. And uh, oh yeah, he said it was a great wedding. So Dave Sarakin, man, talk about a guy who has no business being in that position yeah it was it was it was interesting there was like a round table there at talent energy stadium that we went to before jim Curtin's presser and uh you know we talked about the normal stuff he said christian pulisic was gonna play here versus versus uh, bolivia if you guys want to go so uh it's really exciting yeah i mean he seems like a nice guy he's obviously not gonna get the job i wouldn't think but uh it's memorial it's the it's memorial day right yeah so what should i do should i go down to the shore and just uh you know, sit on the beach like with a case mm, and like Bolivia. just chill, or should I go to Chester? You love the Bolivian national team. You always talk about them. Yeah, they. Um, I can't name a single dude <laughs> on the Bolivia. Does Marcelo Moreno still play for them, or I is he know. like forty years old? Okay, they had the dude from like Germany or some shit. I think. I don't know, Christian Pulisic. Anyway, the pride of Hershey. It's exciting, man. I'm pumped <laughs> for that for that friend. That Sorry, we can't all cover the Sixers. Jeez. <laughs> Steve says, are, are we better off or worse if Ernie takes the uh, U.S. MNT position? Yeah, so that's the the uh, GM spot. They haven't given a timetable on when they're going to do that. He's apparently been interviewed. 
I don't know what I, they I are. Don't, I mean, I understand it from like a perspective. Ernie Stewart, he was a great U.S. national team player. He was a great GM overseas. But, I mean, if, if you look at just the players he's brought into the union, it seems like a hard sell to say he deserves that spot. <clears throat> well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if Ernie came would you back pick? and took this job with greater ambitions to do something at the national level, like is he like just hurting himself at this point by like yeah. being associated, being like stuck with this shitty team? I mean, like, he, he might should have st- taken another European job, maybe. He might still get it. I, I think it should be, uh, what's his name, Garth. From uh, Loggerway, yeah, he's he's done a good job. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's done a pretty good job for sure. I don't know, like, who the hell, like, I, I don't like Ollie Curtis. Who, what are the other yeah, names? He was like, the other one, Ollie Curtis. Around, was yeah. Okay, um, I don't really know, man. I'm, I'm like out of it. <laughs> I'm like, all I'm like, fans are out of it. I don't see any more questions. Do you okay, see any? Let me, yeah, I got a bunch on here. Hang on. Um, this is from Union Hulk, yes. And it's written in all capital letters. Uh, Hulky want to know, is Ernie leaving town and just sticking us with crap team as some weird-ass social experiment to see us all cry? Whatever happened to Oz from American Pie, we don't see him anymore. That's <laughs> true. Which <laughs> dude was Oz? Ostriker, the guy who played lacrosse, the like. Oh, the yeah. oh, the pretty boy dude. Yeah, right? the pretty boy. The one who was with Ostriker. the uh, chick who yeah, at like, the end. like they didn't know if they wanted to like screw on prom night yeah or but then they do okay all right you you don't see a lot of those guys uh jason biggs i guess is around a little bit jason i, biggs. I follow him on, on social what about media. stifler is yeah, he still doing i stuff? think i read a story on stifler once he was like blackballed or something stifler um you know what stifler's mom um wasn't stifler's mom in christmas vacation yeah with chevy so. chase what's so, her yeah. name uh bev it's like Beverly something. Uh, Beverly. Sure. Uh, look, is, is that the same you know, some, yeah. This is important. Look that up. Google Chris. Google like National Lampoon Christmas Vacation cast and see. Can if Can I she's... look up American Pie? Well, yeah, but you're gonna have to ch- you click on her like okay. profile anyway I'd to make sure she question. was in both of them. All right. Are there any more questions about American Pie? Uh, no. This is our wheelhouse. That was my senior year. Graham. Uh, Graham says, "Is the new Sixers unite or die snake logo a sure sign <laughs> that Michael Rubin will buy the union?" Please say yes. So here's the thing with Michael Rubin. Um, he's kind of like the third most famous um, Sixers owner. He's a billionaire, I believe, and he's trying. He, I think, he was trying to buy the Panthers or get in on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I would love to have him own. The, obviously, I would love to see him own the Union. Um, now, what if Josh Harris and David Blitzer like some shit happens to Crystal Palace and they they're they get relegated or whatever? And do you think they would cash out and like get out of that investment and? I would support Maybe that. You could get there. They both went to Penn. To... Did you know that? Penn grads. Oh wow. Blitzer and Harris. You knew that. Did you go to Penn? I did. Oh, you went to Penn. It's, it's okay. a good university. Um, you know who else went to Penn? Who? Uh, your favorite president. Stormy Daniels' lawyer went to Penn. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow, man. There's just so many connections over there in uh, University City. Um, well, no, seriously though. I mean, like, I, 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 I don't see that being like some, some pipe dream or weird like hear me out kind of thing because they, they've shows two guys have shown an interest in soccer in the past and if ruben is interested in getting into something and it expand mls expansion finishes and the union's value kind of plateaus where does jay sugarman go from there because yeah. the running theory is that jay would sell uh jay's on the expansion committee so he would want to see expansion finish before he would theoretically sell uh, so, can, like, do they you, give him a phone call when that's done? Can you get a sit down with Harris or Blitzer and see if they're interested? I'm trying the summer. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Break it, it's just and break it and break the news here on this podcast. 
I jumped into the beat like right when the season started, so I didn't get to do like a lot of the like off season like schmoozy shit or whatever the hell. Um, You're a good schmoozer. But we're getting there. Uh, Craig it's, says, "How it's much?" Different actresses, by the way. But uh, Beverly D'Angelo oh. was the woman in uh, National Lampoon's Christmas. Vacation. Beverly D'Angelo was in Christmas Vacation, and the other one is like uh, Jennifer Coolidge or something. Jennifer Coolidge. Oh. They do look alike. Okay, I thought I had the right person. Yeah. Well, well that's why I'm here with my play IMDb the fail app. Horn. Play the fail horn after that one. Uh, Craig says, "How much worse is it going to get until the front office makes any changes?" I mean, it could get as worse as possible because they haven't said anything or done anything to suggest that they give a shit about changing it. Uh, Teppo's dad <laughs> says, well, uh, simply, why can't they score? <laughs> CJ can't finish. There's no chemistry among the front six. The build-up play is borked. Um, but their expected I don't goals know where, is high. Aren't they I getting unlucky? I flying Jeez. fuck about expected goals. Like anybody, <laughs> can, anybody can watch the film and say that this guy missed from two feet out. Like You need to give me a graph to say that like a guy had a better chance of scoring from two feet out versus ten feet. Yeah, take um, that, stat nerds. Yeah, G- Gabe Kapler can get his ass out of here. <laughs> well, actually, they're doing really well, so that's probably a bad take. Um, no, I mean, Akam is trying to dribble into 15 guys. Doshkal doesn't really know where he's supposed to be. When they build up with Medunian and dropping back in between the center backs, but Doi is not really, like, I don't know if he's where he's supposed to be. I don't know if the fullbacks and the wingers are, like, helping in that build up in possession. Um, they did a little wrinkle at the beginning of the second half in Dallas where, where Medunian was playing a little bit further forward, and Bedoya was starting the attack. Uh, coming back and playing six. And they had some like decent attacks in the first five minutes of the second half of the Dallas game. Go back and watch it if you feel like it. But like they actually were doing something in the build-up play uh, and moving the ball through the lines and actually getting something there. So I think that has something to do with it too. Uh, David Their attack G, is borked. That's pretty good. It is I'm borked. It's borked. It's borked. It's borked. Doge call. You need our borked right now. David G says, is it bad that I care more about your podcast than this team? No. no we love you. No, that is not Thank a bad you. thing at all. That's a great what thing. A great, what a great tweet. We have great I fans. I love that guy. Yeah. They'll listen Let's to us. Let's get him on the podcast. Yeah. I can't believe we have like a thousand people who will just sit here and listen to Ridiculous. me whine and bitch. Why are you guys doing this to yourself? You guys are the best. Connor. But you're the best. Connor space, space, space. <laughs> says uh <laughs> wait wait can you repeat his twitter name i didn't hear yeah. it connor space 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 okay, got says, it oh no it's not a space it's an underscore oh it's a good thing i made you check it again connor underscore 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 says talk about the garbage truck tweet and the spineless nature of deleting said tweet after getting owned online by red bull dc united and union fans now here's the thing like i know how petty like the intra-league bullshit can be from my time working for the team and like you should have seen some of these like bullshit emails they got from like headquarters that said like well we don't want to say this or we don't want to do this or whatever like i understand that like red bull and dc are like taking a snipe at like a team in a competitive way but you're talking about like a uh money making like promotional marketing kind of thing and is it redundant to have a team within the same umbrella of a single entity league, like ragging on that to the point where they were embarrassed enough to delete it? Yeah. I like, mean, do we feel was, bad for them? Nah, at all? Like, I mean, it, I, it was harmless. The Red Bulls, what they said, I, if, if I were the union, I wouldn't have deleted it. I would have just fought back and said a tweet about the Red Bulls, like not winning a, championship ever. i'm sure i can well yeah yeah i can but i can guarantee like i can guarantee that there was a pissy phone call or there was a pissy email sent after that probably because i'm sure the people at the union were like look we're trying to do this like marketing like money making whatever the hell thing like we don't need you like 
scuppering yeah. that no matter how ridiculous it sounds putting the trash truck yeah. in front of the whatever let the kids go in the trash truck in peace red yeah, bulls Jesus. i'm putting in my i'm putting on my red bulls corporate douchebag every, hat, every time the union want to get in trash trucks the red bulls are there to, to make fun of us connor what has a part two he says can i uh, still get a picture with the garbage truck if i attend the match i i think they're still doing it aren't they they just deleted the tweet right yeah but the promotion's still there okay. i didn't get the i didn't get the full scoop at that Con- connor time. listen come to Fishtown on a friday morning and i'll let you yeah. get a picture with a trash you truck see a trash truck brian says is curtain really tactically inflexible or is he just a yes man uh yeah i think he's, he's tactically inflexible yeah. yeah he doesn't want to change the formation yeah. ever um jordan says is it time for curtain to go <laughs> if they don't i he mean listen every week. if you lose at home to dc united yeah. on saturday what uh like what really more can you say yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't defend it. I wouldn't. I don't really think he's the entire problem, but it would be hard to like to argue with it at this point. We got another um, trash truck question from Dean. He says, <laughs> uh, "The union deleted the garbage truck tweet. That makes me think that they didn't anticipate the completely obvious uh, backlash it would receive. What world are they living in that they didn't see that coming?" I mean, they they live in a in a marketing world where they're not always thinking about the team and the mm-hmm. games i mean I, I understand how it's slip by maybe one person i don't um, think yeah i don't think they're as dumb as everybody thinks yeah. they are i think i think they probably say well it's just like kind of iffy are we sure we want to do this and they say yeah. well whatever the fuck let's go for it and <laughs> that's <laughs> the office meetings adjuster <laughs> should we know that what the fuck oh. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Thornton says, "What ails David Akam? All the union noise uh, and disappointment is at Curtin and Dogecall, but Akam looks disinterested at best." Uh, yeah, I mean it's a good point. He looks like he's the highest paid player on the team, or like he's kind of sniffing himself a little bit. He's been a little selfish, um, but I, I, I don't know. It's just his his finishing has been terrible. You know, um, he looks kind of like a, like he's reg- regressed to like that. Fabian Castillo like winger who can probably create a lot of stuff but but just can't like finish anything um and he's not getting any help on the left yeah um either from an attacking overlapping fullback I like I hate to say I don't not that I hate to say this but like you know the, the reality is that they'll be much better with Fabinho back on the field yeah and much J- better and back Jim kind of mentioned that field. he's excited to get him back he, he's also like a good presence in a locker room he's 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 one of the longest tenured players well he pushes high up the field <laughs> and he, guy, he'll yeah. overlap and he'll get up there so yeah. if a calm if a calm is going to pinch inside and basically stand next to CJ anyway if he doesn't want to stay wide then Fabinho will go take that space over to the left well the and union- then he'll pull that guy off of a calm and he's not going to have as many dudes like like bottling him you know all the union's hopes and dreams come down to to <laughs> Rich Ellis, if Ernie gets a U.S. job, how much more chaos does this cause an already beleaguered franchise? I mean, I think we just said that. I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't have no idea where they go from there. Promote Chris Albright. Yeah, probably. He doesn't have the connections. <laughs> just yeah. go back to when it was just Chris and Jim. Andy B says, "Is Meek Mill a Union fan? I need. We need all the help we can get at this point. And the dude has worked wonders for the Birds and the Sixers. You think I mean, in the Chester true. Prison he was watching games? Like, the, no. he was watching Union Rapids when he was. I don't there. think Meek gives a shit about the Union. I don't. I like. I, it's know? nice that the dude's out of jail, but like, I I think his music's bullshit. So, <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> Let's wrap this thing up soon. Oh my before God. I, before Kevin, I come, before Kevin I Kevin hates everything asshole. in the world. You like Kevin yeah. hates. Well, you understand. There's a fine line between telling it how it is and sounding like just like a prick, and like I'm like bordering on like yeah. like prickish tones. Let's sign so. off. 
George, uh, let's just get Baxter's also he's, biting my arm right now. Yeah, he's he's wagging that tail. George says, uh, "How can the U.S. even be interested in hiring Ernie?" Well, that's what I was that's saying. Like, I mean, is he hurting in his own case? Like, what is his? What does he have to stand on now? Yeah. Uh, Don says one out of two. More frustrating. Uh, the same tactical starting eleven or the tactical use of substitutions. Uh, the only heartbeat this team has ever shown in recent times is flipping the triangle. Uh, yeah, I'm with you for Bedoya on right wing. Fafa or Akam is a second half game breaker, not El Senior or Simpson. Uh, or do you start Jones, flip the triangle, and give uh, boring Dogecall a chance to make runs? Or do you bring on the Sex Panther, Brian Fontana? And there's an anchor man. Are you getting all these questions? And why was well, I not no, included I in any of them? Uh, did you do it earlier in the I day? I did a separate, separate one. Yeah, earlier. Oh, uh, I didn't see that. Uh, I mean, I don't Shoot. see why you can't. I mean, why wasn't I included in it? If you if Pico is not getting the job done again, Jones and Medunian in. And Bedoya to the right. Okay, anyway. Uh, duct Tape and Beer says, is this what the new fan buses will look like? And it's a picture of a dumped uh, trash truck. <laughs> there it is. Uh, Dan says, the body language of the players, especially Bedoya, has been terrible uh, recently. Is that down to the team performing poor? They're a sign of people not wanting to be here anymore. I think it's both. I mean, We've I don't, about I don't think they like... Podcast. Roland Alberg was, was one with the terrible... I don't think they like playing with each other. Like, do you see anything? Like, what do you see at training? Do you, the chemistry, the like the chemistry is like... worried. I mean, no, I, I see. They're, the guys seem happy in training for the most part, but there are some worrisome trends, I guess, with the chemistry. Why do they refuse? This is from Eric. Why do they refuse to bench a comm and CJ? It sends a bad message to those on the bench. Oh, I mean, oh, there's back to talking they the don't mic. really bench oh. anybody, I guess. He's in the microphone. Tim says, if you're a sporting director, how long of a leash would you give Curtin? I mean, you know, Saturday. <laughs> Uh, a carp says do you think my subtle despondency is partially caused by the knowledge that i won't really enjoy soccer this summer because the union are terrible and the u.s missed the world cup pick a team um, in the world cup iceland yeah pick one yeah um who else who's like a who qualified? how about egypt i'll go with egypt <laughs> and uh the fighting muhammad salah is with it. there you go uh mark cole up in bethlehem says did hulk union smash hack the team's twitter and post the garbage truck thing or are they that tone deaf that they actually thought it was a good idea um it was hulk do you, uh there's more <laughs> garbage truck questions <laughs> <laughs> all right let's wrap this up all right this thing's going off i gotta rails. go right uh yeah J- dave's gotta go right it's always soccer in philadelphia episode whatever the hell this was it's part of the crossing <laughs> it's part of the crossing broad podcast what? network i didn't know that go over yeah i told you i that. know i'm kidding okay all right um Part of the Crossing Broad podcast network. Go uh, to Crossing Broad and listen to Russ and Phil do Crossing Broad FC. They'll talk about good soccer teams to have uh, to. on that podcast. Um, otherwise, we're just hoping for a Philadelphia Union win. Union God DC, help, showdown. God help this podcast if the Union lose at home to DC United on Saturday. But for now, we're thinking positive thoughts. Yeah, with big the glass, win for the Union. With the glass half Four full. Kevin Kincaid, Baxter the dog, chewing on Dave's foot. Yes. Oh. And Dave Zeitlin. We'll see you next time. Peace.